As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Volume. What's up, everybody? John Middlecoff, Go Low Pod, at it again. Players Week coming off. Arnold Palmer, Kirk Kitayama gets it done. We'll dive into some thoughts on last week, some thoughts on uh, this kind of ever-changing golf landscape when it comes to the schedule. Have some red flags. We will talk to Sobel, who uh, is a gambling man just like myself. I might have put about $500 on some different golfers today. Victor Hovland will not be one of them. Keegan Bradley, Max Homa, Jason Day will be three of them, though. Uh, we will have that out on the uh, Instagram and Twitter and everything tomorrow. At Golopod, at Golopod is this podcast Instagram account. And uh, put up a lot of golf content. I'm going to start doing some stuff from the range and on the course. Put it up there, as well as your mailbag. So if you want to get in on the mailbag that we do on this show, you just fire in those DMs. At Golopod is the Instagram for this podcast. It's how I check my DMs. My regular Instagram is how I check the three and out DMs. So I try to separate them. And Golopod is just golf content. And I love golf. I love gambling on golf. I love watching golf. And I love playing golf. Like most people listening to this, you probably like golf too. Uh, and if you don't, hopefully I can hook you because you should. It's a fantastic game. Uh, love it a lot. So let's, let's dive into the pod. But first, can I tell you about my friends at game time? You, you want to go to a golf tournament? You want to go to the Masters? You want to go to the U.S. Open? You want to go to a PGA tournament near you? Game time has you covered. Go to your smartphone. This little thing called the Apple iPhone is what most of us have. Go to your app store. Download game time. Sign up and use the promo code John. That's my name, J-O-H-N. Get $20 off your first pair of tickets. Very easy to do. Can't recommend it enough. Simple. You can go to a basketball game, baseball game. It's all here. Any event you want to go to, a concert, a uh, comedy show, I got you covered. Promo code J-O-H-N, $20 off your first pair of tickets. The fastest growing ticket website in America. Game time, download the app now. Okay, where are we going to start? Let's start with this. Jay Monahan talked on Tuesday morning. You know, this is kind of his State of the Union address at the players. And... It's hard because there's so many moving parts. This is such a fluid situation. Once Liv came into play, changes had to be made because they had to preserve the top players. And I'm all for paying the top players more money. Why? Because John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, the, the elite guys, the most famous guys, draw the revenue because they're on TV the most. They carry the tour just like Tiger and Phil did, mainly Tiger, but Phil a little bit too, for decades. That's the way the business works. The NFL thrives because of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, right? And those guys are paid the most. No different LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis, Jokic. Like the, the top players get the most money in all the other sports. Paul McGinley, I remember last year, might have been at the at St. Andrews, one of the majors. They were giving like, uh, you know, talking about live. And he says the hardest part about the sport of golf relative to the other sports is 
you know, well, basketball can't say this anymore, but in football or baseball, you know the top players are going to play if they're not injured. In golf, beside the majors, you never really knew. You know, you might get some guys show up, you might not, depending on their schedule, and that had to change. So I'm all for making it almost mandatory or making purses so much money where the top guys go. What I do think is somewhat hypocritical, one of the pushbacks against Liv, not from the journos talking, you know, the Saudis and where the money's coming from, the blood money, it was for the setup of the tournaments, right? In in professional golf in America on the PGA Tour, you play twice, you have to make a cut to play the weekend, and that's the only way you got paid. And it was very, very difficult. And historically, the best players do it the most. The top three paid players in the history of the sport are Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Dustin Johnson. The three, you could argue, best players of the last 20 years, not named like Rory McIlroy. Obviously, Tiger's one, and Phil, would, to me, would be two. We could argue if DJ better than Rory and Spieth, but like he's that's the group. And I would imagine, I haven't looked recently, Rory Spieth probably right there, too. So the cream rises. And when you look at these designated events this year, which have been normal fields, just bigger purses, but because the purses were so big, all the top players went. Look at the leaderboards. They were loaded with, wait for it, the best players. You know why? The cream rises to the top. What happens when you turn on the NFL playoffs? Who's playing? Not the shitty teams. Mahomes, Josh Allen, the 49ers, the Eagles. The best teams make it the farthest. That's the way it works in all the other sports. But the difference of golf is occasionally, and I would say in a lot of big tournaments, you get three or four of the best players with a chance to win on Sunday. And then you throw in, like a lot of the NCAA tournaments games, in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, you get Kentucky, you get Duke, you get UCLA versus South Dakota State that's making this Cinderella run. And it's captivating television. Kurt Kitayama against Scotty Scheffler, Hatton, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy. That is elite television. Just like a couple weeks ago at the uh, Phoenix Open Waste Management, it's Nick Taylor, who I've never really even heard of, against Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm. It's, it's awesome TV. What makes golf so special is when you have Tiger Woods in his prime against Chris DeMarco, who's a really good player, but you know what I mean. Most people don't know who Chris DeMarco is. It's when you get a kind of a random-ish name against the elite guys. Again, Chris DeMarco was really good for that period of time, but you know what I mean. It's what makes these tournaments, Rocco's a better example against Tiger in 08, right? Or, or just even a couple years ago, when it was like Molinari, who was playing great at the time, against Tiger Woods. And that's what makes golf special. So I like having a cut. And I'm all for trimming the fat, like to not have a 130-person event or 120 or 150 and make it 80. But how about this? Three rounds, and I cut it down to 40 come Sunday. I'm all for changing. You got it. You adapt or you die. That's what football does is the best. They're constantly adapting. They're constantly making tweaks. They're constantly kicking ass. So I'm all for you have to move forward, especially when you get this competitive league with unlimited money. But I don't like removing the cut and making it a cutless event because I'm still for paying the guy. So if you make that event as a top 80 guy or a top 70 guy or whatever the number turns out to be, automatically you get, you can finish dead last, you get 110 grand, you get $100,000. Because historically, part of what made golf unique was if you didn't make the cut, you didn't get any money. We can change that. 
Money's grown. We got to take care of people. But this notion like the sponsors and TV want the best players, and I get it. I would too. The best players are fucking making it every single week. That is not a problem. Look at the leaderboard last week. It was literally Rory, Scotty Scheffler. You know, those are the two guys that for split seconds we all, Jordan Spieth. Those are three, especially Rory and Spieth, three of the top five famous guys on the tour, not named Tiger Woods. Rory and Spieth, probably one and two, you could argue. So this notion that like you need to get rid of the cut to take care of guys, I think you can still manipulate it. And I do like the rotating events, but I think it was announced today, and me and Sobel talk about it, about, you know, Riv, Memorial, and uh, it was Riv, Memorial, and the Arnold Palmer, Bay Hill are going to be cutless events. I just, I hate that. Now, maybe they'll change in time. We'll see. I, th- that's my only issue, because I'm all for adapting, cutting the events, whatever. Uh, the hashtag play better, y- you know, to earn your way in. But, but I do think cut makes it pretty special. And uh, when you look at last week, what I think makes that tournament so great and most majors so great is when at any single moment a guy can pump one in the rough. And listen, I know a lot of people push back to seeing long rough sucks. I kind of agree, but I like seeing the ability to make bogeys. When you have the ability to make bogeys, at any single moment, the lead can change on Saturday or Sunday. And in some of these tournaments throughout the year on the PGA Tour, it's like kind of a birdie fest. Like, guys aren't going to make a double bogey. Kirk Kitayama made a fucking triple bogey on the ninth hole on Sunday. Pumped two out of bounds over the weekend. Like, that is incredible drama. <laughs> it just is. Jordan Spieth couldn't make a putt coming down the stretch. Like, the difficult nature of a tournament is what us as consumers, and us as consumers pay for this thing, because without the television deals, none of this money would exist. It's what we like. Because the most relatable thing tour players can do is not hit it 350 yards, is not birdie four holes in a row. Most of us, even decent players, scratch golfers, aren't doing that. What they what they do that can relate to basically any single golfer who's not a pro, bogeys, double bogeys, struggle. Why? Golf is hard. And last week, what made that tournament so special whether that I've never played Bay Hill, clearly a lot of players hate it. I, I was once told by a guy on the tour that Tiger Woods was like his least favorite course, even though he won it like seven times. But part of the reason he hated it, it was just it's difficult. It's not it's like a man-made, you know, lakes out of nowhere. It, it doesn't really. It's kind of stupid. I would agree. I would not want to play there. Uh, I think most people listening, we'd all pump a lot of balls into the Agua. But watching that watching tour players play that course and struggle to make par hole after hole after hole, but still, if you hit good shots, can make birdies. That, that, that was incredible television viewing. It's why the majors historically are so much fun and get so much interest, because it's hard. I, I, I don't want to see 23 under win these tournaments. And I, there's always arguments like, does the score actually matter? No, but to me, the way it looks does matter. And when guys are struggling down the back nine to score, and everyone is, so it's not like one guy's imploding, that's great television. And the Bay Hill, course may suck relative for these guys. That doesn't get any better. I was glued Saturday and Sunday to the TV. Let's dive into Sobel. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Back at it again with my main man, Sobel who is uh, live from a golf course that I, I, I saw on Twitter that now costs around $900 to play for us no normal way. human beings. I saw it was eight seventy five with taxes, TPC Sawgrass right now. Oh, <laughs> so that's, that uh, is... Uh, that's a little pricey. We're going to have to win some bets this week to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we are. You, you can find my man Sobel on Twitter, always uh, tweeting out his column. I just read it. I actually read it twice. Uh, hear him on... Uh, Series XM channel 92 every Monday through Wednesday for sure. Two to four mm-hmm. Eastern with, with the caddy. Uh, they're always mixing it up. But whenever I t- you always got sweet guests. You, you always um, you got your hand on the pulse there and links and locks podcast. So check them out. Sobel, what's up? Not much. Just hanging out at DBC Sawgrass. Uh, you know, weather's great. It's a lot better than last year, which wasn't good at all. So having a good time so far. You know, nothing going on. Commissioner press press conference. Lots of announcements. Rory talking to everybody about stuff. I mean, you know, just a just another tumultuous day in the week in the life of being a, a PGA Tour reporter these days. Okay, okay, before we dive into this week's event, because it's awesome, and there's actually pretty good value on the board. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the last 10 days have been about the, the changing of the schedule, which we knew was inevitable. I think the one hypocrisy that, you know, educated fans have pushed back on one of the pushbacks on live was just the no cuts versus the cuts for all the other music and shotgun start. It was just like you could play two days to make it to the weekend. And then it's kind of come out on uh, Jay mentioned it today. There have been no cut events, WGCs, the playoffs, but you know, to change potentially Riv to change the Arnold Palmer, the Memorial to these 70 to 80, no cut events. I do think the pushback is fair. Like, what the hell, guys? Completely agree with this. For the last year, all we've heard from the players who stayed behind and remained on the PGA Tour was, hey, these live events, you know, there's no cut. They're not real events. They're not real golf. And all of a sudden, it feels like the PGA Tour is copying them. It's getting to the point where it's, if you can beat them, join them anyway. And so that's what it looks like from afar. I think the PGA Tour has always had an issue with who do we want to prioritize? And what I mean by that is, are you trying to placate the sponsors, trying to placate the TV rights holders, trying to placate the player membership, trying to placate the fans? 
And so it's really hard, I think, to make decisions at this level and try to appease every different party. And so what's going to happen is, hey, we're going to make this decision and the sponsors really like it. They're going to be very happy, but the fans don't like it. Then we're going to do this and TV likes it, but the players don't like it. Or some of the players like it, but if you're outside the top 70, you're not really going to like it. And so uh, we've created a different PGA Tour now. I don't know that's necessarily a bad thing. I think for too long, we have understood the PGA Tour to be 200 plus something members. And if you're hanging on to one of those memberships by any means possible, well, you get to go out and play 15 times a year and you get to try to collect some checks and uh, you get to live the good life out here. I think what's happening now that we're seeing is you'll still have some playing opportunities, but there's definitely going to be the haves and the have nots. And I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing that you have to play your way in to being amongst one of the elite players. Kurt Kitayama is a great example. We saw him win the API last week. Kitayama just a few years ago was not even on the PGA tour. He played every tour around the world, trying to get to this place. Finally got here, showed what he can do, got into a designated event, won it against some big name competition, looked like a major championship leaderboard. Well, he's going to be in these events moving forward for a very long time because of his accomplishments on the golf course. We're going to see that moving forward. There are two words, John, that can solve just about every problem in golf, whether it's me and you going to play in Nassau and, you know, you gave me too many pops. And so I went out and beat you and you're complaining about it, or whether it's a PGA tour player who doesn't get to go play the Memorial later this year, play better. If you play better, you get in, you get those chances. You know, I, I think let's use the NFL, for example, the highest paid guys, <clears throat> Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, those guys still have to earn their way to the playoffs. And guess what happens? They're always in the playoffs. You know, when you look yeah. at these, the three designated events so far this year, the look at the leaderboards on Saturday and Sunday. It's loaded with the best guys with a Kitayama, a Nick Taylor, which is what makes the PGA Tour pretty unique over the history of the sport, right? Larry Mize versus Greg Norman. You get a random name versus a big name. Tiger Woods versus DeMarco. You know, it's, that's what's cool. Right. And I, I think you can cut down the field. I'm all for it. The, the top guys should make more money. No one's arguing that. They, they drive the sport. So you can go to 80-person field. Maybe you cut it down going into Sunday to 40, and those guys still get their guaranteed yeah. 150 grand or whatever. No one cares. But I do think the cut, knowing that you have to make something, like making the playoffs is hard, is what separates the tour. I completely agree with you there. Have you ever heard, John, somebody say, whether it's a player, whether it's a sponsor, whether it's a just a fan of the PGA Tour, man, I, I'm really enjoying this golf tournament. I just wish there were fewer players involved. I've never heard anybody say that. So <laughs> why are we trying to cut back? Why are we giving fewer opportunities? And I know I, I've heard some of these players, some of the players outside the top 70 who have tried to make a case for the PGA Tour saying, yeah, but the other 29 events or whatever there might be on the PGA Tour. Well, they're going to be very well represented by all of the other players. and Those are going to be great events. Okay, that's fine. I don't think they're going to be that much different than they were before. They're certainly not going to have the star power on a regular basis. Uh, I think the cuts are very important out here. It shows that you've got to play. And quite honestly, from a fan perspective, we talk betting here on the podcast all the time. I talk betting 24 hours a day in what I'm doing these days. The PGA Tour is bought into having five official betting operators putting a sports book in Scottsdale. They are all in on the new wave of what 
is a way to enjoy and invest in the game and engage with what's going on on the PGA Tour. This takes away from that enjoyment. It takes away from having those sweats on Friday afternoon as you guys are trying to make the cut. I, I don't know that they're necessarily preaching to the right constituency here. I don't think it's just making the cut. Like, if there is no cut, Morikawa last week shoots like three over, right, and misses the cut. He's yeah. so good that, like, no cut on Saturday, he could shoot eight under and boom, he's right back in the mix. Where used to, he just would have been g- goodbye. Like, Keegan Bradley came storming back, but he earned his way into the weekend. So it's like, I had no issue, had a little, you know, top 10 bet on him. But, like, if he go. had been two shots out of the cut, he doesn't even get that opportunity. It it does fundamentally change the way you gamble and would have to be careful with guys with high ceilings, right? Because at any moment, JT, historically, they, they could shoot, like, nine under like that with their eyes closed. I can tell you just from being at tournaments that when we had the WGCs, now there's just one of them, but essentially we're creating WGCs without – the world, maybe they're just golf championships without the world <laughs> yeah. golf championships. Since we're apparently not going to invite any players from the DP World Tour <laughs> or other tours to go play in these things, these limited no cut events. But what we saw from the WGCs, what I saw for years, going to a Bridgestone or um, one of those like that, it uh, essentially that or Doral back when they had it, Doral. Uh, essentially, it was lethargic. On the weekend, it was a little sleepy. If a guy was in 42nd place and he was 11 shots back going into the weekend, sure, there was the off chance that they shoot a pair of 65s, climb into the top 10, cash a nice check. But for the most part, they're just sort of playing out the string. It never really seems like the players want to do that. And I will uh, I will fight on this one because I think the PGA Tour, the TV rights holders, the sponsors have all overreached in how much they think the public wants to watch superstars who are not in the mix whatsoever. If John Rom tees off at 8.07 a.m. on Saturday morning, 14 shots off the lead, yeah, I get it. He's still John Rom. He's still a popular player. I don't think that many people are that interested in watching him play golf early in the morning just because he's the number one ranked player in the world. And that's essentially what they're trying to create now is that, hey, if you go to a golf tournament, you'll be able to see your favorite player if he's one of the best guys. I don't necessarily care. You know what? Uh, life's unfair. If you go to a golf tournament and you specifically only want to see John Rom and you have a Saturday ticket and he misses the cut, oh, well, go find another favorite to go watch. Well, what are your thoughts on the rotating events? Obviously, Pebble would is in much need of help, right? To double yep. that purse, you get a lot more people there. Where waste management, for example, probably be less like little inflation proof, little little less sure. face. Or Myrtle Beach, I think, historically has had some pretty good fields. You know, you look at individual tournaments. You could argue just Pebble Beach just make that a $40 million purse because that's a fun tournament to watch. What are your thoughts on the rotating events? I think for every solution, you create two more problems. One of the problems, you make Pebble Beach a designated, elevated event, and all of a sudden, what are you going to do? Tell 100 CEOs that they can't go play in the pro-am portion of Pebble Beach. I mean, that uh, at some point, I would not like to be the tournament director at the AT&T Pro-Am next year trying to tell all these powerful people they can't come play golf after they've been doing it for years. And I years. think I saw Spee said it would be like Thursday, Friday, and then no on the weekend. Right, but still you're cutting it back from, I think, that one's usually 180. I mean, that one's usually yes, a big. lot of players and a lot of Pro-Am yeah. players in the field. You're cutting it back to... 70 or 80 you're getting rid of 100 spots in the amateur field now is that the biggest deal oh, in the I world? See what no, you're saying. of course not yeah. but 
I think what happens is, again, you create other problems when you make such changes. Uh, but look, uh, there's going to be a lot of good that comes with this. Uh, you know, my buddy Taylor Zarzer on PGA Tour Radio has been saying for the last few weeks that it's ridiculous we didn't have a designated event in the week in between the conference championship games of the NFL and the Super Bowl. There's a week where there's really not much going on. There's a spotlight for golf. It was Torrey Pines this year. Turned out to be a really good event. Max Oma wins. Everybody's happy. It, it was a fun watch, but that should be a special event. Whether it's at Torrey or Pebble or Phoenix or somewhere else, that needs to be a designated event with all the big names playing. They can Agreed. promote it throughout the uh, throughout the entire football playoffs that they've got a big golf tournament coming up. And so I, I think some of these things, now that we're sort of moving into year two next year and we're starting to talk about it already i think some of these things are going to be fixed but again some are just going to create bigger problems as well yeah i guess you could rotate the pro-am between the three on the west coast that one that's not designated right a tory a waste management but then waste management might say we don't even want that right? right you know so it's you're you're right it's you open a can of worms but this is just the reality of the situation they're at and it leads to this week which Ironically, last year was an enormous moment for Cam Smith, and now he's long gone. He said he may show up. Uh, you're out there. I, I know you've been grinding, but do, do you think Liv, I mean, some of the guys that are just stalwarts has, has, has taken away from this tournament a little bit, or do you, sure. do you feel it is as powerful as ever? No, I mean, look, there's an Australian flag flying uh, as it does every single year for the defending champion, so no one with the PGA Tour is going to mention his name, but that Aussie flag is out there, not too far from where I'm sitting right now. And everyone knows that Cameron Smith is the reigning champion. The fact that he's not here, yeah, it's weird. It takes away from the golf tournament. I'm not suggesting that they should have given him some sort of exemption and let him back into the field. He knew what he was getting into when he left the PGA Tour for live. But is it strange? Yeah, absolutely it's strange this week. Who's your pick? I'm going Max Homa. Number two on the PGA Tour this season in strokes gained total. You've got to do everything really well around this golf course, as we've found over the last 20 years or so with such a variety of winners from superstars to no names, old guys, young guys, big hitters, short hitters, good ball strikers, good putters. So I like the fact that Homa has a complete game. He also led the field last week, only finished 14th of the API, but led the field in strokes gained approach shots. That's a really good sign, I think, moving forward. And he's proven he knows how to close, too. I didn't give him enough credit, John. Uh, for years, for a couple of years, I was like, well, it's a feel-good story. He's good on social media. He likes, uh, you know, roasting some swings on Twitter and having fun with that. I didn't give him credit for just how good he is, how good he's become. Six career PGA Tour wins now. He's stared down some really big names. I think it's time for him to win a big one. Hasn't finished top 10 at a major yet, but I do think a big win is coming for him. Could be this week. And maybe it's because he's a little older, but he's clearly really comfortable playing around the superstars, right? You can put yeah. him with Rory and he's fine. You can put him with Rom and he's fine. And historically, you've seen, you've been around this longer than I have. Guy, Not everyone's at his level, right? Like the fringe top 10 guy, comfortable with being around. Those. He like thrives in that environment. Right. Yeah, he really does. He's going to get a few of them this week. I, what was it? Is he with Spieth and JT, yeah. maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's if his I'm group. remembering correctly. Uh, I yeah. don't love the number, John. Depending on the book, he's 20 to 1, 22 to 1. Here's a little tip for those out there that might want to jump on Homa. He's in an afternoon tea time. We've got 
Rory, Rom, Scheffler, at least in one grouping, some other big-time groups going out in the morning. Maybe you don't even bet them until noon Eastern time on Thursday after some of those guys are off the course. Let's say Rom shoots 64, Rory shoots 66, Scheffler shoots 67. All of a sudden, their odds get shorter. What that does, everybody else gets a little bit longer. Maybe you grab Homa. I'm not saying he's going to be 50 to 1. Maybe you can grab him at 25 to 1 instead of 20 to 1, and you get a little extra juice there. If, if I told you I'll give you $3,000, you can spread it around everyone, but you can't touch Rory, Scotty, or Rom, or you can just place $1,000 bets on those three guys. And just uh-huh. you could argue not just this tournament, but all the majors moving forward. Isn't that the play? Because <laughs> every, every week, I mean, two of the three of them are right there. Rory showed signs of life. Scheffler's floor now is so high. It's I'm not going to touch either three of them, but I mean, I, I'm prepared for two of them to be in the mix come the weekend. I still I'm taking the other side of that. If you're letting me spread money around on Chantley and Xander and Morikawa and JT, I mean, these are really good world class players. I know that right now it seems like there's a big three and then the rest of them. My guess is that by midsummer, we're like, no, there's a big five now because these two guys have separated yeah. from the rest. Again, I mean, Finau, Homa, who we mentioned, Sanjay M is better than a lot of people realize. There's a lot of really, really good players. I almost hesitate to call them the next tier after those top three because there, there's not much difference between them. Those three are definitely the three best right now. That can change. And, you know, certainly Justin Thomas, who's won here in the past two years ago, um, he's got seven for seven making the cut at this event. Justin Thomas can certainly go win this week, and all of a sudden the narrative changes from big three to a big four almost immediately. Yeah, I, I have a wager this week on JT. I hit it a couple years ago when he won. Uh, other two guys, I mean, I, I think Jason Day is a pretty sexy pick. I know you wrote about him in your column. Just he's playing really well. He's had success here before. It, it feels like not if but when. Uh, yeah. and it's just, you know, his odds, you know, I'd like him a little more like 45 to one than once exactly. he keeps up 30 and one, but still I, I feel pretty good about him. Another guy with an afternoon tea time, maybe the same strategy as I suggested with Homa, just, uh, just wait. And I'm not saying wait till he makes four bogeys. It's wait until before he tees off and maybe some guys go low should be perfect conditions out here on Thursday morning. So some guys go low in the morning, their odds get shorter. Maybe he gets a little bit longer before he even tees off. So there's one strategy and four straight top tens for Jason day. Even if you don't want to play him outright, I really like playing him for a top 10 this week. And I think every DFS lineup that I've made has Jason day in there already. I I feel like Keegan's got to be, you know, a a sexy top 10 bet right now. He's playing the best golf of his life. He's just, and he's almost won this last year. Had him on the radio show yesterday. He said he's very infrequently during his career come to a tournament and been good. He said, usually it's, I got to tweak the driver a little bit. I'm going to put a new wedge in the bag. Let me work with a couple different putters. Let me see about the loft here, the lie there. He said, I I showed up this week and everything's perfect. And he can't wait to get out there. So uh, very bullish on Keegan as well. Two more names. Ricky Fowler, former winner here. Pretty decent odds. You know, you can put $20, $30 on him and get a chance. And, And last but not least, I mean, this guy, He's been injured a couple years ago, was playing fantastic golf. I mean, was right, somehow came out of nowhere last week. Harris English, I did look at his tournament history here. It's not great for being a guy from the South, but he he's just a guy that has some win equity and a high-end ceiling. What are your thoughts on Harris? 
Yeah, I'm not ready to get after Harris for a second straight title contention. He was great last week. No bogeys on the weekend at Bay Hill is really, really good. I'm not quite ready to jump on Harris for another title contention, but I think this gives us hope moving forward for him. The only problem is it's moved the odds much shorter as well. You could have had Harris at some events early in the year at 150 to one. Now he's going to be in double digits moving forward just because he's shown that form. I think I have a betting philosophy after the last couple. Victor Hovland, no more picking him to win. No, you know, I, I like no. him to top 10, and he's going to be in yep. the mix. His floor's high, but just you, you can't. I mean, the guy pumps it in the water, the chipping. It's just it's a hold on for your ass. It's an, it's incredible how good he is with some of his flaws, is it not? Correct. I'm I'm totally with you there. I've, I've never seen. Now, granted, the around the greens numbers have gotten much better this season. Yeah. The last season, he was dead last on the PGA Tour. I've never seen a top 10 player who had one glaring weakness the way that Victor Hovland does. Maybe you look at, you know, Tiger back in the day with driving accuracy or somehow Phil with driving accuracy. That's not necessarily, that's not like having a strokes gain stat where you're like, not, not just in the middle of the pack, not, you know, towards about the dead last player on the PGA tour. That's where he was in strokes gained around the greens. It's almost a testament to how good everything else is to green because um he is a top 10 player in the world and has been for a while well uh if you can and i'll come out and meet you next week get us a five thousand dollar tea time sometime at tpc sawgrass next week and uh, uh let's go play uh, i'll grab the sticks right now all we gotta do is hit some homo bets and we're right out here <laughs> yeah okay so we'll have a good week talk to you soon thanks buddy get off the bench bet the nba with fanduel america's number one sports book Right now, FanDuel's giving new customers 10 times your first bet in bonus bets. Doesn't matter if your first bet is an air ball. You'll get up to $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Okay, all on a top-rated sportsbook app at FanDuel that's safe, secure, easy to use. Don't miss out. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Colin, FanDuel.com slash Colin. Then place your first bet, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states, FanDuel's offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342, Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT Indiana 1-800-522-4700 visit ksgamblinghelp.com Kansas 1-877-770-STOP Louisiana call 1-800-327-5050 or visit www.ma underscore helpline.org slash problem gambling visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org Maryland 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW YORK or text HOPE NEW YORK 467-369 NEW YORK 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia. Okay, let's get to the mailbag. At Golopod is the uh, the Instagram handle. Fire in those DMs. Get your question answered here on the pod. Start with Ace. I'm watching Jordan Spieth playing here on Saturday, and he's playing really well. Do you think he's playing well this uh, playing this well this weekend and being able to control his shots through the wind at Bay Hill will propel him to be more competitive at the top of the leaderboard in future events? 
Or could it just be this course? Well, if I remember correctly, wasn't he in the mix at, at the waste management? I think he's played very, very well the last couple of years. And to me, I'm going to have some exposure to him at the Masters, a place that he plays well pretty consistently and uh, has should have a chance to win. So I think Jordan Spieth is just reestablishing himself after a weird couple years of just being one of the better plays in the, players in the world again. Now, one thing that really separated him, I had a close friend uh, who's a high-level golfer. Him and his dad went to work with one of the best teachers of all time. Pretty easy to probably figure that out. And this guy told him that like what Jordan's run in his apex, he's like the greatest putter we've ever seen. It's not really a sustainable attribute because he never hit the ball like Tiger or Phil or DJ or Rory. It's not really his thing. Now, I actually think he's become a better just striker of the golf ball. Like in terms of length, he's long off the tee now. But his putting is more than questionable. And that's what, same thing with Ricky. Now, Ricky is becoming a better ball striker again, but both those two guys were elite putters, especially Jordan. Jordan made everything when it mattered. So to me, it's like, does the guy going to get the putting magic back? Because he's never going to strike the ball like Rom, like Rory, hell, even like JT. I currently work as, a, uh, as an assistant superintendent at a former PGA tournament. Check out the Greater Hartford Open. Lots of cool history. I, I know what the course is. Curious what your thoughts are on this side. Favorite types of grass, green speeds, etc. Keep up the great work. Love the refreshing honesty it takes. I would say that playing most of my golf in Northern California, uh, like I didn't have a great feel for all the different grasses across the country. The only, uh, I guess I've played golf in Jersey, PA, and I've played golf in Tennessee, but I've never played Florida golf. And the majority of my golf has been putted on POA. So like, I never quite understand when guys are bitching and moaning about the bumpy grass on the greens on the West Coast swing. It doesn't bother me. That's just what I've grown up playing. Now, honestly, like I, I play a lot now at TPC. I don't even know the grass out there. So I, I, I'd i be the first to tell you I'm not super locked in on that at all. I, I, I just play. Now, when I'm playing well, like I'm a pretty good player. I can also be pretty terrible, but I, I don't really think about it like that. Maybe I should. Um, probably a, a hole in my, in my golf vernacular game watching. I, I obviously it's talked a lot about Bermuda, bent grass for the professionals. It's kind of irrelevant for me in, in is probably the easiest way to say it in terms of my golf playing. It does factor in when I gamble because some guys like playing in Florida, Keegan Bradley, Jason Day, some guys like playing on the West Coast, right? Feels like Max Homeless kind of translating uh, to both. Tiger could play anywhere. Phil could play anywhere. But that's a cool job. Man, I, I, where I went to school at Cal Poly, big ag school, we had a program, I forget what it was called, but a lot of people become, you know, work in the superintendent business at golf courses. There was a guy in the Bay Area, actually, was Cal Poly grad that worked at Contra Costa Country Club. Nice little track. Uh, John, absolutely love the golf pod. I'm a pro, I'm a golf pro from Michigan and love betting on golf. I wanted to share my strategy for betting on golf with you and your listeners. Before the first round on Thursday, I usually take two different golfers to top 10 on straight bets with odds around 3-4-1, to four to one, hoping that at least one covers. Last week at Bay Hill, I took Hatton and Fowler. However, I never bet on a tournament winner until Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning, 
before the tee-off because you can still get great odds on a tournament winner through 36 and 54 holes. Saturday afternoon, though, through oh, Saturday afternoon through about 12 holes, was Kitayama was one stroke behind, and he was 12 to one to win the tournament with Tim Tucker on his bag. Obviously, Bryson's former caddy, who rumor has it fired Bryson. Uh, that was my take, not this uh, Connors. I threw $100 on Kitayama to win the tournament. Most exhilarating 25 holes of golf I've ever watched. Anyway, anyway, hope this helps your listeners. I like that strategy. Now, typically, especially when you look at the guys that have won some tournaments this year, Scheffler, Homa, and Rom. I think it's fair to say, and you'd have to admit, Connor, those odds in that same situation, instead of being 12 to 1, might be 2 to 1 or 1 to 1. So it, it is very dependent. Like to get a 12 to 1 guy who's one shot behind with, you know, 20 to 25 holes left, it's usually going to be kind of a random guy. A Nick Taylor, a Kitayama, you know, a Brendan Todd, that type versus the heavy hitters. Like even Terrell Hatton or Keegan Bradley would be like 3 to 1, 4 to 1. So good hit. That's awesome. I, I think you are kind of in a unique situation. Like how many Kitayamas? are going to win these type tournaments. I would say they're going to be few and far between. The guy with crappy odds. Because hell, some weeks like Rom and Homa, and I would never do this, when they're like two shots behind, you know, late Saturday or early Sunday, they're still like one to one or two to one to win. But I hear you. I like hearing different strategies. I love the odds. And that's why I like gambling on golf. Like I put $100 on Homa at basically 20 to one. I put 75 on JT at basically 21 to 1. You know, and then I'll sprinkle. But again, I'm betting $500. You know, I got to hit a couple to make it all worth it, which luckily throughout the year I hit a couple. But I, I blow through, you know, these majors. I, I can blow through $1,000 pretty pretty quickly. I like betting on outright guys. 26 been playing consistently for about six years and now hover around 90. Considering going to get a driving driving lesson we're meeting with a swing coach, given that the drive is the weakest part of my game. Have you ever gotten a coach or gotten the swing looked at? Or you just adjusted on your own over the years? When I lived in the Bay Area, I went to a guy several times. He was like a fringe PGA Tour player. It was actually, looking back, relatively cheap. I think he cost me like $100 for two hours. He was awesome. He, he really helped me out. I'm constantly making tweaks now, but I, I no longer pay for it. I would gladly... And I'm maybe a month away from really doing it. I send my swing to some of my buddies who are better golfers than me, sometimes to look at. But I, I am 100% a fan and a believer in having people look at your swing. Now, you know, like I, I haven't met the guy yet, but the guy that teaches out at TBC Scottsdale, I was playing within the last month with another member out there, and he was telling me that the guy, he went to him. He was like, this is the best thing I ever did. And this was like five years ago. He was like $100 an hour. Now it's so popular out there. He's Joel Damon's teacher. He charges like four or $500 an hour. Like for me, I wouldn't spend $500 an hour. But if you can find a guy, I would say between like $75 and $125 an hour that has a pretty good reputation, I do not think it can hurt. Because sometimes you can only get so much better without someone helping you. And I would say this in any sport. There, there's a reason we pay football coaches, basketball coaches. Like, coaching matters. It, it helps. And specifically with golf, 
you need people to have a different perspective and to be unbiased and unemotional with your swing. We're just wondering, everyone watched Live Golf in low definition or was it just me? I feel like nobody is addressing this, but it looked like shit. Honestly, don't remember. Uh, I think I talked about YouTube TV. It might have been on three and out. And someone's like, you get YouTube TV, it's in low def. I'm like, no, I pay $20 a month for 4K. So I'm pretty sure it was in 4K, but maybe you're right. Maybe CW is not in that high of definition. If That's something I will definitely keep an eye on this next go around. I'm on the fence about going. If it wasn't during NFL free agency, I 100% would drive down to Tucson. I'm still probably like 50-50 going to drive down there pay a couple hundred dollars for like the 17th hole, unlimited booze. I I just want to take it in because let's face it, it's not going to last forever. And just to be like, uh, yeah, remember when Live Golf, I'll be able to talk about like when I'm 50. Yeah, I went to an event. It was kind of crazy. Saw Bryson and Phil. You know, it was quite the experience. You know, if if you knew someone that was like, yeah, I went to an AFL game with Steve Young, right? That's it's kind of something cool you have forever. I I went to a... uh, what was the, it was the NBA and the ABA. Like, I, I saw the ABA. Now, it's a little different, but you, you know what I mean. The NFL and the AFL back in the day. You only get some of these opportunities so often. Love the show. Curious to see what, uh, if you have seen John Nucci's Twitter thread of all the restriction Liv is putting players uh, up who join. The thread is very eye-opening. Going through it, it seems like Liv actually has a lot more control over the players than a lot of people originally thought. What are your thoughts? Well, if I pay you, let's just pick $100 million or $50 million. Did anyone think that they, money's never free, especially a lot of money. It usually comes with stipulations. If you have a company and I'm an investor and you're like, Middlecoff, I need some money to invest in my company to get it going. I'm going to need $5 million. I'd be like, well, okay, I'll give you $5 million. You know, I'm going to go Shark Tank. I want... 51%. Now, I'll let you manage it and everything, but any major decision, I'm going to want a piece of it. Like, one thing the tour has is, up until this year, they never mandated you to really do anything. Now, they owned your right so they could sell it, but that's where the money came from. So, if I'm going to pay you an upfront flat fee, 50, 100, 150 million dollars, yes, I'm going to dictate one of the things was, like, who you're able to interview with, you got to get it checked off of, Uh, the ownership of your team, the apparel. When you play in majors, you got to wear the live apparel. My personal thought reading through that thread, and it's been a couple weeks, was like, yeah, no shit. I I didn't think it was that crazy at all. If I I was on live side and I was checking, you know, had allocating this money, I would have some restrictions on you. And especially when you factor in, you know, Saudi Arabia, I can't just have you talking to anybody. We've seen Phil Mickelson. It can get really ugly really fast. So, yeah, it's more restrictive than we thought, I guess, if you thought they were just going to get free money and be allowed to do whatever they wanted. And I just think the older you get, you realize that's not how the world works. Whether we're talking about, hey, I got $5,000 for you, or hey, I got $5 million for you. It all comes with stipulations, usually. It's rare that someone just hands you a lot of money, and it's like, just do what you do. You know, It's just not the way it works. So... I hear what you're saying, but I wasn't shocked. Are we going to see a Ricky victory sooner than later? I love him at the players next week. He seems to be a hot putting week away from a vintage Rick. Also love Scotty this week and Mitchell as a long shot. 
Yeah, I, I threw $25 or $30 on Ricky. I think he's like 55, 60 to 1. Uh, now, never forget this. Ricky, when he was one of the best players in the world, was not winning a lot. You know, so like Spieth went through some struggles. Spieth won a lot when he's playing well. Ricky played really well top fives a lot. You know, is he, you know, Jason Day <clears throat> has a lot more win equity than Ricky. So that's something you got to balance. Like, I think Ricky has five career wins, and his biggest win, obviously, is at the players, but he's never won a major. He, he wasn't winning a lot of big tournaments. Now, he f- was a major factor in a lot of them. So I'm rooting for him. I'm a huge Ricky Fowler fan. I mean, who's not? His game, his swing looks awesome right now. Um, but I'm always going to spread a little as long as his odds are pretty, you know, between 50 and 70 to 1. But I do think we need to take into account it's a flyer bet. You know, it's not like, you know, Tiger Woods healthy again. Yeah, he can win. You know, I'm going to Google Ricky's resume. Not as many wins as the name. And that was always kind of the, the knock on him was he was more famous than he was like a winner. Which to me, you get credit for being a great businessman and being a good ambassador. So that, that never actually bothered me. Appreciate everyone firing in. Enjoy the golf this week. Get out there, swing them yourself. And uh, we'll see you next week at Pod. Follow on Instagram, fire in those DMs. Adios. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.